This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's Off Air with Julie Stewart Banks on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome to Off Air. I'm Julie Stewart Banks. This is the show that brings you conversations with some of the most interesting and empowering people in sports and entertainment and lets you know what they're like off air. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by a woman who has taken over the sports landscape, someone who I've crossed paths with before, but we've never had ever had a chance to actually gab, let alone in person. She's a Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee, founder of Highlight Her, and is on the board for the Women's Sports Foundation, Ari Chambers. Thank you so much for being here with us Hi, today. sister. Can't Hello. wait to gab with you. Yes, I know. So I saw you at Amazon when uh-huh. we were both there kind of crossing paths, and I remember you being being like the WNBA guru. But then, of course, when I did my research for this interview, I was like, wow, this uh, woman has done so much Mm -hmm. in the women's sports space and beyond. What was it that really got you involved to say, I want to be really passionate about women's sports? So I'll, I'll answer this two ways, right? So the first time I knew it had to be all sports outside of founding the platform that I founded was in 2020, I was talking to Alicia Ocasio, um, she plays softball, about WNBA salary. I was like, you know what? They need so much more money. She's like, girl, I get paid a fraction of that. And I was like, what? And so just knowing that there are so many other sports that are out there that don't get talked about, don't get advocacy the way they should. And just my homies out here like struggling, like let's keep it a buck. They were struggling between um, getting revenue and getting their their coverage out there, their visibility out there. So I really, really took on the responsibility of that and showing that women's sports are dope. And there are so many stories out there. But as far as my love for women's basketball and women's sports in general, when I was younger, I had the luxury of growing up in a hoop state, North Carolina. So shout out North Carolina. And being able to see Coach K. Yao, the head coach of the NC State women's basketball team, be a head coach. And, you know, you had Sylvia Hatchell for UNC down the street. Then you had Dawn Staley playing for the Charlotte Sting in, um, in Charlotte. And just knowing that women can hold such high places was the formative, like those were my formative years, knowing that like we're at up top. And so I just decided that my life's mission is to stay there. So was that something like when you went to school that you started to harbor? Like when did went that, <laughs> when did that sort of, um, when did you decide you wanted to do that for your career? And like, how did you start to build that? When you, you have a calling, it just falls on your lap. And that's not to negate all the hard work in really foresight that I had with that. But when I was in school, first I was on a teaching fellow scholarship and I was like, God, I cannot do like teach. We had to do clinicals from kindergarten to 12th grade. I only wanted to do high school. It was a whole mess, girl. Anyway, so (laughs) dropped out of school, dropped back into school and did communications. My dad's a communications professor. My mom majored in English. And so I have um, two degrees, communications and English. And I just knew I loved storytelling. But your girl was a model. So I moved to New York City and I was modeling. I was a fashion girly back in the day. 
And then also I went to a WNBA game at MSG and I was like, oh, they have cheerleaders. I have a cheer background. I wrote to the director of entertainment and I was like, I want to cheer. And she was like, I think you should do Knicks first. I was like, that's not what I asked you. I want to do the Liberty, like whatever. This is back when they were still under um, MSG. And so I did a full season of cheering for the Knicks. And then I was able to be on Torch Patrol for the Liberty. And I noticed the media discrepancy between the Knicks and the Liberty. Um, just be, it's the same arena, top tier talent, the top 144 athletes in the WNBA go through that arena. And nobody was talking about them, maybe three people. And I was like, I can just talk to my friends. And so I hit them up and I would meet them at the Renaissance. That's where they stayed. I can say that on record now because yeah. they don't stay there anymore. Um, I met them at the Renaissance, set up a, my phone, recorded interviews in the way I wanted to do them throughout all of my journalism studies and just talked, kikied with my friends. When you first started to maybe now, what do you think has been sort of the biggest difference in terms of just even what you've been doing in women's sports coverage? Players are allowed to have a voice now. And so that comes in different forms, whether they hone in on themselves and create their brand and put themselves out there or trusting the media who's actually present now to tell their stories. They're much more available to get to know than before. Uh, they're cool. It's always been cool. But like now the public is catching on because we're now having a generation that grew up watching those highlights on Instagram and TikTok and and being able to follow their favorite players from middle school to the pros now. Like I remember when Paige Beckers was in what, eighth grade, when Zaya Cook was in high school with her finger like this. And now she plays for the Sparks. It's really it's such a roundabout moment. And just knowing that you have a generation that never had to live without the WNBA here. You've had a generation that has had what NWSL is what? how many years now? So it's, it's, it's longevity. The PWHL is here right. now. So you, you see women in such prominent pro positions and know that you don't have to stop in college. So it gives a higher ceiling, um, to aspire to be. I love, I love hearing that and hearing like them being able to open up and, and have that personality. Cause I found interviewing, um, women athletes are just they're just more cerebral mm -hmm. and they have so much more depth than the dudes. I'm sorry. Like the dudes have do. obligations. The yeah. women are like, let's, let's get this going. Get yeah. to know me. And it's like, they finally have an opportunity to tell mm -hmm. their story because mm -hmm. for so many years didn't even have a chance to play and then let alone have the coverage. Right. Mm -hmm. So then it's a, now they have the opportunity to kind of have that microphone. But when you look at, I guess maybe the WNBA and its trajectory now, it has grown so much just mm -hmm. in the last year, mm -hmm. um, even to, you know, I hadn't really watched as much as, of it as probably I should have. And then it was just everywhere, right? Like mm -hmm. just the the ability to see it was everywhere. Where do you think kind of is like the next step of growth? In honor of Mean Girls, the limit doesn't exist, right? <laughs> so like I... I think that we're at a point where the W has proven that it can be longstanding. It won't fold. There's no way it's going to fold. And I, you can stamp that, but it it's, there's, there's no limit to it. Now it's the norm for women's sports. It's, it's norm, normal for women to be professional athletes and the, all the barriers to entry and the barriers that stood in place are now being negated because the return on investment is there. There's going to be a renegotiation of a network deal, which is going to in turn affect the CBA. I can get real nerdy with this, but we won't do this because this is about kicking. Yeah. Um, but, but now the players are going to get more money. Um, there's going to be higher visibility. That mean, that opens up uh, a lot more fandom, especially knowing the energy around the college game. 
uh, WNBA in particular. Then you have leagues like Athletes Unlimited that has lacrosse, volleyball, softball, and basketball, more added opportunities for uh, those who might not be in other leagues to play and, and another opportunity for you to play in front of your home country. <laughs> that's like, that's saying a lot. And League One Volleyball, there, there's so many different things now that are open um, to having professional women's sports in this country and making it the norm. Right. It feels like an inflection point even just in the last year yeah. or so in terms of that. We better invest now. <laughs> like, yeah. Take my five dollars. I know, honestly. Um I think it was Sarah Nurse from Toronto's mm-hmm. PWHL team and Team Canada who mm-hmm. said like people are recognizing that not only is this like the right thing to do, but that we're also like a huge part of the sports ecosystem in terms of generating, you know wealth basically for yeah. different places like this is a great place to invest so that's in. that's the next step right you're you're we're increasing profitability of women's sports so now for the athletes to be able to pocket it so they can create the wealth because yes. they have a long way to go before then like i know i love to be all rainbows and ponies and la la land but there's a long way to go before you can generate generational wealth through athleticism on the women's side 100 percent, and television as well which yeah. is usually just yeah, um, all the time. Um, but <laughs> we're going up. Um, okay, so we've talked a lot about women's sports, but like with your career within that, like mm-hmm. what is it that you um, you want to story tell, but like in what way? Like what's sort of um, the lane that you are in or not even a lane? I, yeah. I don't necessarily know if that's like, I hate lanes. Uh, <laughs> I hate lanes. What are you doing and what do you want to do? I have only ever wanted to tell my friends stories. So I love what I do with the WNBA. I have a show called Off Top where we have a big comfy couch. That's like, welcome to my big comfy couch. And I don't prepare at all for it. And I said, how are you doing? And then I let the athlete take it. And I'm facilitating. It's typically two or three athletes with me. I just let them take it to where they want to take it. Obviously doing our job facilitation, but like they can, they can talk about whatever they want to talk about. It's kind of like this, getting to know people outside of what they do for a living or outside right. of their sport, outside of the court, outside of the pitch, outside of the ice. And so I I'll, I want to do long form storytelling and get networks to buy into it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like having a long form, because I think that a lot of times when you strategize for the next generation, we underestimate their attention spans. We always think Gen Z likes this quick hitting thing. Gen Alpha likes quick hitting, but there's a reason why they're so tapped into what's happening with the culture. There's a reason why they know a lot a lot more than we did when we were 17. There's a reason why yeah. they're change makers in the way they are. They they research. Right. And so there's a reason why YouTube is so important to them. And so we need to stop underestimating their attention spans. Maybe it's a millennial problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's really get into the root of that. Like, maybe it's us who do, like don't, don't have the attention spans, but I really want to be able to tell long-form stories on network television and just let the players be them. I love that. First of all, we just manifested that that's what's going to happen. Yep. And also I just read like a study the other day that was talking about Gen Z, how they have a, a longer attention. Exactly. Span. I'm glad we're waking up to yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Looking at sometimes I find myself, um, I'm not Gen Z, I'm millennial, uh, an elder millennial, um, <laughs> but that like, I'll find myself watching a TikTok, like, and I'm so far into it, yeah. like three minutes in, I'm like, wow, I never would have 
watched videos. What's your what's your genre of choice? I love true crime. Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I I fall I fall down so many. I was looking at the Northern Sea the other day. <laughs> it's like always that aggressive song that comes up every time. I know. Nah, nah. I know. I'm like, how do I get down here? And it's then, finding us. I want I want to study like why they're all trying to send send us to the North Sea. They're like, yeah, the these North are treacherous sea. waters, but here you go. Here's every okay, song I about thought it. I was just being no, like, it's, put down it's that you, way. you, me, and everybody else who's okay. getting the And mob wife, wife aesthetic <laughs> is very big. I'm like, am I just getting sent down here again? That, like, yeah, they're Because my down. doorman talks about like the sh- like mob wife shows and stuff like that. <laughs> the feds are listening. <laughs> Maybe that's why this is happening. Um, but yeah, in terms also of social media, like you've done so much yeah. in that realm. What trends other than kind of the longer form do you see that – are developing now that might be kind of like places where people might want to hit on in the future. We underestimate the power of TikTok bringing chemistry to a team. So whenever you see players dancing together, they have to learn it together, right? That takes patience. That takes leadership. That takes guidance. That takes knowing your role within the routine. Like it's little traits like that. I might be overanalyzing, but I'm like very much like I love to be tuned into emotions, but you underestimate how much it really alters a team chemistry. LSU gymnastics is one that I'm really, really privy to right now. Savannah, she, uh, she always incorporates her teammates into her TikToks and they just have fun. The latest one was like, I think I like this little life that, yeah. and she has them all singing it on the bus and it's very cute. Then, um, today I was with my friend Aaliyah. We were with some Gotham players and we did the pass the phone challenge and uh, it's just being able to roast your teammates like that. Even if they're your new t- teammates, it's really cool. Yeah. It's like a team building activity in a yeah. way. So how did you figure that out? Like, did you just, I mean, you answered that real quick and I was like, wow, it just went my mind, my head. I've never prepared for these things, but I, I think that we really need to examine why people love social media the way they do. And I know us being media a lot, we put too much strategy into it. Sometimes people just want to have fun. And so TikTok is a great way to have fun with your teammates. So if I'm trying to get to know a player's personality, especially like I, I eat, sleep and breathe women's sports. So I can, I know the stats. I know, I know what you do on the court, but if I want to know what your vibe is, I'm going to TikTok. So yeah. TikTok's a way for athletes to really be able to get their personalities out there. Do the background work on TikTok. You can read a stat sheet all day. You can watch film all day, but if you really want to know how to vibe with somebody, especially when they're about to do an interview with you. I'm wow, doing it. Great. Mm-hmm. I love that. I follow a lot of people on TikTok, but I haven't thought of it in terms of like a real strategy for research. When you know people, TikTok shows what you would put out uh, unfiltered pretty much for oh. those who aren't doing it for a living. It's your yeah. unfiltered thoughts, unfiltered actions. And so you get to really know a person like that. The ones that are good at it. Yeah. Because I overthink TikTok and then I end up with the. Really so then I would peg you as like a professional, like, you know what I mean? So transition like transition. It's okay. Video. I'll teach you transitions later. That's I like did my like this one yesterday suit. and then it just, we'll do it today. And I'm like, I'm such a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> the millennial pause. Like we can, we can cut that. Out. All can, of this. Cause like we, we're, we're cosplaying Gen Z. We yeah. We, we're good crossovers. Yes. Um, okay. I, I love that in terms of the, the team building aspect of it. What have you thought about doing? Do you want to just do women's sports? Or has there ever been an interest in doing I actively tell people. I mean, I've had so many talks with my agent about this. I'm actively declining every men's sports offer. The only one I have done is when I hosted, I I host for FIBA and I agreed to do their World Cup draw in Manila. Shout out to FIBA. 
And it was me and my co-hosts were both women. And so it was an all-women production. So I loved that about it. But I turned down men's jobs weekly. Wow. And, and like, how come? Men have enough in my eyes. Like, and there are so many people that aspire to that. And that's totally fine. And that's, that's, people's passion points are different. I feel like I'm called to cover women's sports only. That's just placed in my heart. It doesn't, it doesn't make me feel good to know that my energy and time is going to something that's not that. And again, this is no knock. Like, I, I love seeing my girls out there killing it on the, on the guy's side. I love that. I love it. It's just not going to be for me right? because I have so much to do on the women's sports side. I have so many doors to open so other people can do it as well. And I have pegged it to myself. My mission is all ages, levels, abilities, and sports, but on the women's and girls side. And so you know how many sports that is? You know how many athletes that is? I don't have time to be on the men's side because I have to cover anything from basketball to big wave surfing, from like soccer to bowling, from, it's just so much. <laughs> and so I, I want to make sure my time is, is spent there. So you're so passionate about that. Yeah. Where, where did that come from when you were, was it when you were younger mm-hmm. or? I came from a strong woman. I come from a long lineage of strong women. Uh, my my role models were always women. I've always just been exposed to women's sports. I come from like my dad's always empowered me to just be rebelliously myself, audaciously myself. And so if I know that I feel this empowered just existing, I hope that I can sprinkle it on somebody else and hope that they they feel that energy and know that somebody's in their corner and that their stories deserve to be told. I love hearing that. I've been <laughs> feeling a lot like... I was trying to find my purpose Mm. within kind of the industry and how do I make this bigger than just, oh, I want this job because I think I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. And like for me, and so having, being a hockey player, like covering hockey, knowing a lot of Mm -hmm. women, I was like, man, when, with the PWHL starting, I was like, oh, I got to be part of this. Like Mm -hmm. I felt that like in my bones, just Mm -hmm. like full on in, I just want to be like everything with this. Mm-hmm. And it's so great when you find that, I don't know, it's just bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, we're doing it at this point for other people. Like I hope people watch this mm-hmm. and are inspired. That's why I've been like intentional about making sure mm-hmm. I have women to come on mm-hmm. these shows. Yeah. And, like, talk about this kind of stuff. So then they can hear and see it and like hearing you do this, like mm-hmm. all this stuff. I'm like, man, like I got to, I got to do more with this, you know, because we have the opportunity. Yes. To. Yes. And when you're called for something, you can't deny it. So even when you're trying to redirect yourself, you're always going to come back to your calling. Right. So the scope that you're like, I have to do, make this bigger. There's nothing that you need to, to chase or the, the scale that you're trying to do it is going to match what your calling is. So there's no reason to put the pressure, the added pressure on yourself. Like, I have to make this bigger. Right now, you're exactly where you need to be, right? So you have all the people that have come on your show and you've been able to amplify these stories that is bigger than you. You know what I mean? And you showing up, being a former hockey player or being a hockey player yourself, that's something that I can't relate to. So I'm going to the PHL, PWHL blind, right? You have the experience. And so that's not, I think that I'm good at this. You know, you're good at it. You're stepping into it. And then you're also fulfilling your calling by allowing me to speak on your show, allowing Katie to speak on your show, allowing the rest of your guests to speak on the show. And so I'd encourage everybody out there to not try to pressure yourself into something that you think is needs to be bigger when you're Mm. 
the puzzle piece is you and you're filling that place right now. What has been maybe the biggest hurdle that you've had to kind of overcome to get here? Like when people see success stories and they see you on TV and you're doing it and you're, and you're living it, like what is, what is the biggest thing or, or things that you found that like, had you not dealt with them or overcome them, it could have sidetracked you? There are several things, right? So the most surface level one, well, I guess it's not surface level. The one that I'm experiencing right now is kind of isolation because when you um, make a path for yourself, a lot of people aren't going to understand it. And they do see the vanity behind it, but they don't know the exhaustion that comes with it. They don't know the sacrifice that comes with it. They don't know the... I don't like the term loneliness because I'm not lonely. I'm just you know, oftentimes alone because the journey is mine. But um, that's been a challenge for me. I'm the only child, so I, I work well uh, individually, but I, I've always been a part of a team. So it's just really difficult to navigate that. And just the uncertainty of being an individual carving her path, uh, a lot of people don't know what to do with you. And that takes it back to the very beginning. Like I said, I love kicking with my friends on the couch, right? So... I remember one time it was 2018. I had my, I thought it was my dream job. I, uh, I did it. And, uh, a woman actually told me that I was, didn't tell me, but pulled it and said I was too unpolished. Now <laughs> I don't like to flex on people, but I do have a degree from Oxford. I can be as polished as I want to be, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I have a degree but like, from Oxford. It, it, but it doesn't matter. Right. It shouldn't have been that. And to know that that sabotage had happened to me, um, was really hurtful because it was unnecessary. And it was already a time where people weren't bought into women's sports. They weren't bought into the new type of journalism. And so it was really more damaging than it needed to be. And so that was really devastating to me at the time. Uh, every redirection I've gotten has been a hurdle where I thought that I would stay somewhere for a long time and having to make the decision to step away or getting pushed out against my will. People don't see that either. Uh, it contributes to, you know, paving your own path. I'm a black woman in women's sports. So that's literally the bottom of the totem pole looking at it through a corporate lens. But I, I use it to my advantage because I I do serve as a relatable or maternal figure to a lot of the athletes out there. So I have that as an advantage and as a disadvantage. And so I understand the dichotomy of both. Um, but just convincing people to have sustainable care and intention behind women's sports has been really a challenge, but a challenge that is a part of my calling. So I have the energy for it. I remember one of my C-suite people at a company I used to work with told me, you cannot possibly have this energy to sustain um, for years and years to come. You have to pick what you want to do. Do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to be a director? Do you want to be a talent? Do you want to be a producer? Do you want to be an editor? I'm like, I have the energy for it all. I'm going to do it all. Should I have done it all? No. But I, I but like, whenever I want to be what I want to be, I'm going to choose that for myself. So these hurdles of like sustainable energy, it's my calling. So obviously I'm going to get rejuvenated off that. But I would say having people buy into the vision of women's sports with intentionality and with longevity in mind is a challenge and the isolation has been really difficult. Wow. Lots of different things. Yeah. Like the, the interesting aspect of like doing this kind of, um, you know, one of the first people to do mm -hmm. it. And then of course, like being a black woman doing this mm -hmm. as well is already a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. Like being a woman is one thing. Mm -hmm. And then obviously being a black woman, we talk with who's unwilling to give you, Hello. And like, I'm not that like, yes. I'm like, what's up y'all? How y'all doing? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. 
I know. I mean, just so many different challenges mm-hmm. in regards to where you are right now. And when you say you want people to buy in, like, what would you want people to know uh, about women's sports and why they should buy in if they were just watching this? The return on investment is there. Uh, as long as you give visibility to the game, people are going to consume the game. Once you get past the inability to digest women in the space, you get to the product itself and learn that it's not like a, we need to support women's sports. It's a consumer women's sports is dope. Mm -hmm. And that's just is what it is. That's what I want people to know. And so when investors come in, I want them to do it, not to check a box because we've seen it. We see how people are backtracking the DEI initiatives like with, with, you know, racial things. Imagine if that impacted women as well. It does. It does impact women. So I want people, if they're going to commit to, you know, women's sports, if they're going to commit to diversity, if they're going to commit to inclusion, make sure it's, um, it's a sustained commitment through it all and not just checking a box because 2020 was rough and you wanted to save face. I don't want it to check a box because 2021 women's sports was great. Like it's going to continue to be great as long as you feed it, feed, feed it, feed women's sports. You talk about the energy that that executive told you that you, you know, you have it you feel it. I mean, it's very palpable and inspiring. How do you keep that up on days maybe when you don't, feel like this coffee and prayer (laughs) (laughs) it's true I can't I don't know I I drown a lot I drown a lot and I cry a lot and I uh, am exhausted a lot and I call my agent up all the time me and my agent are really close she's a wonderful woman wonderful woman and I'm like I'm a failure she's like oh you just worked yesterday I'm like but it's been 24 hours she's like you need to relax but I I fill myself with a great tribe I have wonderful wonderful people around me great friends great support system a uh, great agent, a uh, great everybody. Just as long as you, I, I think of it like if you have a bottle, right? And you, 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 you don't have the holes poked in. It stays afloat, right? As, as long as you don't get the holes poked, which is a, like the negativity of those people that just want to just poke it out. Yeah. But like, as long as you keep the pokes away, (laughs) you stay floating, right? The second you start letting those little pokes go through, you start sinking. Yes. And And when you start like seeing them and believing it. Yeah. Well, that's never, confidence has never been a problem for me. It's just the, it's the, it's the beating. People, that's another thing people don't see. When you're a pioneer in something, you take a lot of the beating. And sometimes that beating gets really, really tiring. If, If I lose my energy, that's where it's from. It's from the beating that I take but again, the purpose isn't self-serving. So if, if I am called to take the meeting sometimes, that's okay. But Don Staley said it to me. I actually accepted her Excellence in Broadcasting Award. She said, you handle things with such grace. And I initially, it made me like very angry. And I had to really unpack that because we shouldn't have to handle things with such grace. We shouldn't have to take the brunt of so much all the time because it gets so numbing and tiring, but if you're called to do it, you're called to do it. And so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting to, to look at it that way. Yeah. And like, and I know she is an angel on earth for me and she's like, a re- like loved on and she meant it so well. And then I had to really unpack why I was so um, impacted by that statement in right. not a positive way. Cause it was really super positive. And I was like, dang. And she sees it. She knows she has to take, the brunt of a lot too. Don Staley does so much for the game, but she also endures so much. And I don't think that people realize that. And and I know from covering like teams like South Carolina, the narrative that's put out there, and she's 
called to protect those players. She's mm-hmm. called to develop them and help them grow. And she has assumed the role of being that maternal figure, that protective figure, while also nurturing them and sending them off into the world. And that's difficult. And so, uh, you know, just having having to be graceful all the time really gets to you. Uh, can you tell us and everyone like where what you're working on now and where we can find you? Yeah. So I love to keep things universal. So my at everywhere is Ari Ivory. And I want to make it like the Women's Sports and Culture Hub. So like log in with me. It's my personal account. But hey, why why not blur the lines of personal and professional? I literally live this stuff anyway. So um, Ari Ivory would be great. And then I have my show with the WNBA, which I adore off top. The first episode of season three will be with Ryan Howard and Aaliyah Boston. And it's hilarious. Uh, I'm pretty close with both of them. And so it was just, I can't wait for people to see their personalities and the way that we brought it out. Also, I want the public to challenge me to, to cover all sports. I know I get really comfortable with basketball. I get really comfortable with soccer, comfortable with volleyball and gymnastics, but like take me out of my comfort zone. And I like, I was so thankful last year when they challenged me to big wave surfing. And that is not a community. It's like the most open community. They're not an open community, but they're so, um, they were receptive of me. And I was really, really thankful. I got to go to Maui with Paige Alms and like go on her farm after she just like surfed the eddy, which is it's a story for a different day, but like huge waves, like huge waves. And so just being able to do that and then like going to North shore and surfing with the girls, that was cool. And my, um, my friend, AJ McCord, she is a full-time surfing journalist and broadcaster. And she's really helped me dive into that world. So I just want the general public, if I'm not covering a sport, when I try to say that I want to cover all ages, levels, abilities, and sports, if I'm lacking on the sport or if I'm lacking on the ability or if I'm lacking on the age, call me out, keep me accountable. Cause I don't well, want to be comfortable. I, mean, I think you open yourself up to a lot of random sports. <laughs> and that's like, fine. That's like, fine. <laughs> mine is a broom ball. What is that? Yeah. It's like hockey kind of, but with brooms. Oh, uh, that sounds like a time. Maybe like a little Quidditch. Yeah. You know, right? I love that. Yeah. I'm thinking back to random sports. I had to cover in Saskatchewan. I get <laughs> curling. Let's get you in Let's there. get in curling. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. It's isn't that like one of the top? T- it's like in top ten of like world sports, though. Like yes, it yeah, is. It is. Yes, <laughs> like randomly. It's, it's I guess not random. Big, I'm an like, American. Actually, like. USA is pretty good at curling. That's right now, that's so. a choice. Um, uh, that's a choice. <laughs> I'll go hit up Team USA. I'm like, hey, girl. Yeah. Uh, like I got a couple random sports for you. I love that. Uh, Hold me accountable. I think that's great. Um, thank you so much for being on the show with us oh, here today. Thank you for having uh, me. Considering how busy you are and how many sports Stop. you're covering, I appreciate it. And guys, make sure that you. Follow Ari Chambers as uh, we just heard all the incredible things that she is doing. And you can follow all of our other episodes on the Bet Rivers Network and subscribe, like, follow us on YouTube and Instagram. This has been Off Air and we'll be back when the red light is off. Thanks for listening to Off Air with the Julie Stewart Binks on the Bet Rivers Network. <laughs>